Matters. Hello and welcome to Dork Matters, um, the podcast about dorky. Wait, how do we say this shit? I forget. The podcast by and for dorks. I mean, if you're listening, you probably know what this is about, and uh, us telling you what you're listening to could only serve to drive you away. <laughs> if you don't know, it's better that you don't, and you continue listening anyhow. It'll get better, we promise. You'll you'll ease into it. Yeah, just uh, just enjoy the ride. So what are we talking about today, Ben? We are talking about one of the most important uh, topics that any dork could talk about, which is uh, our top cartoon crushes, in parentheses, of our youth, question mark, end parentheses. Yeah. Our formative cartoon crushes that really impacted us growing up. Yes. Okay, so when we talked about this, um, we hadn't quite solidified whether we were going to do, you know, of all Mm -hmm. time or youth. But as I got into it, I don't know if it was the same for you, but I found that I needed to put some parameters on this because my list of cartoons that apparently I wanted to bang was getting quite large. Very big. In looking up like lists of things, I found this uh, YouTube clip of Anna Kendrick talking about Timothy, blah, 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 blah. I can't pronounce his last name. Sham, Sham. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to say that either. Timothy, Charlotte, blah, blah, blah. That works for me. Yeah. We'll link to it on one of the Instagrams or the social medias, but, um, you know, they're teasing him and she came to his rescue and was like, it's not his fault. They draw them so sexy. And it's true. Wait, sorry, I need a little more context there. I missed something. Who did he say he was attracted to? It was on, uh, I think, Graham Norton. And they were teasing him because he had a crush on, like, a cartoon character from a Disney film. Sorry to interrupt. Just a quick interjection. I'm Jess. I'm the producer for Dork Matters. Normally, you don't hear from me, but I just wanted to clarify, in the clip that you're about to hear, it's Eddie Redmayne talking. I can totally understand how... He can get confused with Timothy Chalamet, two very beautiful men, different men though. This is Eddie Redmayne. Would, that, would it be right to say your sexual awakening was, was sort of, was a two-dimensional sexual awakening? Oh God, <laughs> I hate New Year. <laughs> um, no, it's true. I, I, I was once interviewed and I was asked like, well, you know, who were the, your first crushes and and. Um, and I did, I, I, I loved The Lion King when I was younger and I had a weird obsession with Nala. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 but in Eddie's defense... <laughs> in Eddie's defense, they draw them really sexy. <laughs> I think anyone over a certain generation is like, you're fucked up. Anyone under a certain age is just like, no, I get it. Because they're not the ones that have watched um, some of the cartoons and anime growing up were like, that dude's hot. Or like, that's a sexy looking chicken. I see where you're coming from. But also, they still had animated films. You're telling me none of those gross old dudes wanted to bang Snow White or Sleeping Beauty? Bullshit. I call bullshit. Well, they had pinup girls. Bullshit. That's what I'm going to do from now on. That's my new thing. (laughs) (laughs) I call bullshit. Bullshit. I think it was okay because they were very, very human. And when you didn't have as easy access to photography as we now do, you had to paint sexy ladies and then do what you did with them. We can say it, masturbation. 
Oh, okay. I was going to be like, how gross do we want to get here? Because I was going to say jerk it, but whatever. Oh, no. I like to be clinical. They masturbated oh. with their genitalia. Ah, yes. To the painted photograph of a barely clothed lady. But I think thinking about that is when it's like Minnie Mouse, and you're like, oh, well, that's just wrong. No, see, that's the thing. You know one of them dirty old pervs got off to Mi- Minnie Mouse or Mickey Mouse. I ain't here to harsh anyone's thing of course but no one would talk about that as openly as we talk about things now like now there's like furry conventions and documentaries and tv shows like it's mass media and people are aware of it we won't get into it now but someday we will address my dalliance with furry no no what it was a bit of my uh it was it was a i don't want to get into it too much it's its own topic but there was a dalliance in my earlier teens with uh, an isometric RPG where everybody was sort of a, a, a an animal, an anthropomorphic animal, and it was filthy. I don't doubt that. Yeah, the early days of the internet and us us un unwatched youths, unwashed and unwatched. Uh, yeah, the internet was. Uh, just a dirty place. It was a breeding ground of just depravity. Oh my god, it's still it. But... Well, no, yeah, everyone's just a little bit more upfront about it, and they don't let their, you know, twelve to fourteen year olds go on to chat rooms in Australia and talk to, you know, who they think is, you know, nineteen year old female from Australia. <laughs> no, it's a forty five year old dude from Blake. <laughs> Sorry, from Boise, <laughs> the funniest city name, Boise. It's the funniest city name. Uh, wait, we're going to go off on a huge tangent here, but I'm not willing to, 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 you know, really solidify that as my answer. (laughs) It is a funny city name, but there are other places like, oh, okay. Maybe it is the funniest. What else is there? Well, I I think Canada has some pretty silly sounding towns. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Boise is what, Idaho? Boise. Idaho? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's pretty funny. What else okay. we got? I found um, an article on CBC that has the funniest, or okay, the most hilarious town names in Canada. Are we doing this? We'll get back to cartoons shortly. Yeah, well, for, this is uh, very this, uh, important. Forks. In Newfoundland, there is a town called Dildo. Yeah, I mean, that's funny, but it's a little on the nose, you know? Um, if that's the appropriate expression well, it's on something maybe not the nose it, it's on point uh, uh okay bullshit the ones from alberta are kind of like they're not funny when you know more about them okay but we got balzac we do have balzac Sorry, i stepped all over you there oh no there, there's dead man's flats and head smashed in buffalo jump which i don't find hilarious that's not funny at all actually no. yeah that's weird to think that's funny when it's literally the name of like an important indigenous site for like yeah you know feeding their people <laughs> hey hey list fuck you um but they do have vulcan and i feel that's more of like an an interesting factoid yeah it's amusing it's not like it's amusing or, or in- interesting it's not uh, it's not funny no Balls Creek, Balls Creek, Nova Scotia. Oh, I thought we were um, still doing Alberta. No, 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 that was it. Um, Balls Creek is funny, but I guess when I say something like Boise is the funniest city name, it's funny sounding and it's amusing and humorous, not necessarily because of the content 
of the city name, but just from like the sound Boise. It does sound like a spring or something. Like the Yeah, yeah, springs. yeah. Like Boise. Oh, this is an interesting one. Spasm, British Columbia. <laughs> Spasm's good because it almost sounds like a nasty ass word, but it's not quite there. No, it's it's close. <laughs> The rest Spasm of, is really good. There's Climax, Saskatchewan. Yeah, who doesn't want to go there? I feel like we're just, we're so, of course I've heard of Moose Jaw before. Like, who among us? Yeah, that's not funny no. either. Like, come on, Boise, Nantucket. Uh, what else? T- titty whatever. Like, Titty Kaka. Yeah, there's like Titty Kaka. Titty Kaka is funny because of what it sounds like. But it works better. I, but it's more like... That's just the English language being ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm sure I talked to a teacher once about this and she um, she was fluent in Punjabi and she would talk about how sometimes, um, you know, specifically the Caucasian variety of teachers would be like, oh my gosh, it's kid's name sounds so funny. And she would say, you know, the translation in Punjabi is very beautiful, but English just bastardizes it and makes it into this like funny sounding name. Can't imagine the English wrecking anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very shocking. I think it might be the only time in history, Ben. Yeah, just a few Punjabi names. Oh, anyway, we digress from the childhood crushes or, or current crushes. That's what we do here. We digress. It's mm-hmm. at least half the show. All right, we're getting into cartoon crushes. And as we were starting to get into, there was a necessity for us to kind of build parameters for this. So let's let's kind of work that out. Let's round that out. What Where did we get to on parameters? It sounds like we both tried to keep things sort of formative um yeah like things that you could remember something that really like struck a chord with you for some reason wow we're going to be using some euphemisms today aren't we probably struck a chord things things that you saw on tv that made you feel funny somewhere you just kind of lay there and thought like what was happening there i don't understand my body but something's going on so i yeah i feel like your younger years we're looking into that time frame. Yeah. So I did the same. I tried to cut off anything that kind of went past, uh, you know, like 14 or 15, like when I sort of understood. But there was a few that got sort of towards that upper end where I still thought like, yeah, no, but that's like somebody that I actually like identified mentally as being like, I have a crush on this cartoon character. Mm-hmm. So that counts. That's sort of formative for me. Yeah. Okay. I like it. We both ended up in the same sort of place altogether. And uh, I was telling you before we started streaming, we have a bonus tonight. Um, We'll do our list and then I can get to this guest list if you'd like. So let's do yours. So I had four for sure. And then two that were kind of like the runners ups or special mentions. So the first one was from X-Men was Gambit. Yep. From, um, you know, like the cartoon of X-Men back in the day. Oh, yeah, the animated 90s cartoon, of yeah. course. Let me just let you know, you will not be the only person offering uh, some selections from the 90s X-Men cartoons. Da-na-na-na-na-na. That was a great cartoon, and I think like a little bit of like a sexual awakening for many, many people out there. I would say there are many millennials who would also agree. I wanted to be a cross between Jubilee and Rogue, and then I really, I, I was very jealous of the relationship between Rogue and Gambit because I thought like he was kind of like an appropriate bad boy, like fighting on the side of good, but by his own rules and not in like an aggressive, scary way, like Wolverine. Yeah. And there was just like his... I mean, Wolverine <laughs> was, was a like, little bit sexy though. 
was a little sexy, but like in a very like bear kind of way, mm. which we should, I think one day we need to do an episode just about the Canadian masterpiece about the lady falling in love with the bear. I have no idea what you're talking about, but yes. Yeah. It's, it's like a Pulitzer prize winning book. And it's basically about a sexual relationship between a woman and a bear during like the pioneer days. Wow. Yeah. So my interest is peaked. There's been many statues and art pieces across Canada devoted to this book. It's about this bear fucker. Yeah. And it's super graphic. Like they describe the sex between the woman and the bear in great detail. What book is this? Everyone wants to know now. We're all going to Google it and get our copies from Chapters Indigo. Hey, by the way, if you're looking for books online uh, during this weird time in our world, uh, one of our sponsors today is not Chapters Indigo, but if they wanted to be, we're available. Or, you know, any book, Smut Peddler. Sure. (laughs) Okay, it is... Oh, there's literally a series of uh, sex graphic novels called Smut Peddler. Oh, it's like an anthology series. Maybe they should be our, <laughs> our sponsor. I know this because Fiona did a short for one oh, of them. Oh, perfect. That's... And I got to letter it. Okay. So the book is literally called Bear, and it's by Marion Engel. <laughs> the description... Bear is a strange and wonderful book, plausible as kitchens, but shapely as folktale with, and with the same disturbing resonance by Margaret Atwood. So Margaret Atwood has approved this book. Has enjoyed some bear fucking herself. A librarian is called to a remote Canadian island to inventory the estate of a secretive colonel whose most surprising secret is a bear. Is he the bear? I mean, maybe. There's a lot of double entendre in this book. This is super important and we should get all the details, but I need to ask you a question about this, which is how often do you think that that author had to defend her work to people or still does with, no, no, I don't want to fuck the bear. The character in the story wants to fuck the bear. I think quite frequently. And for the rest of her life. Oh, for sure. Because I would like introduce, like, this is my friend. She wrote a book about bear fucking. I wouldn't even call her by her name anymore. This is a bear woman. So wait, sorry, is this an instructional book? The person would say. She, yeah, it's, it's a complex book and it was, it made the rounds during art school. How did I miss this? Oh, right. I dropped out (laughs) twice. Fuck me. It it was towards, I think I learned about it in my fourth year and I was like, what? There was lots of jokes about it and people were like, that's not a real thing. Like no one believed it was real because a paperback copy goes for like 50 bucks now. Wait, is it out of print? I think it's out of print. So we can't get it at chaptersindigo.ca. Probably. <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> I don't even want them to sponsor us. No, you're going to be like, you talk about, hey, we talked about Margaret Atwood a little bit. Yeah. People like well, some do, some don't. There's a lot. I don't. She's got some uh, some some issues, especially lately, with her approach to uh, interacting with, I guess, the literary and collegiate communities. But uh, that is a dork matter for another time. Yeah, let's have a dork matters about like our complex relationship with Margaret Atwood. I mean, I still love like the Mad Adam trilogy. So there's. I don't like any of her books. Oh, wild. I have read five or six and I, Ugh. so we'll leave it there. Yeah. How do you get to five or six if you don't like the books? Because every time I tell someone, oh, I don't like Margaret Atwood, they're like, you just haven't read the right book. You need to read this one. And out of like respect for people and thinking like, okay, maybe 
maybe I'm a dick. Well, there's your mistake. You respect people. I, I try, but I just, I read through it. And I'm just like, ugh, God, you're so boring. Yeah, that's fair. In the uh, Mad Adam trilogy, what I enjoy the most is actually just sort of the world building. But like, there's some weird ass shit in those too. But the pigoons are always kind of fun. I think it's really great ideas executed poorly. Well, see, that's great. That's what I'm aiming for as an author. I would like someone else to rewrite her work and then I would read it. No, maybe that's why it works in TV. But even then, I can't even support Handmaiden's Tale because Scientologist babe is, what's her face? Um, Gonna need some more details there. That sentence was incomplete. Incomplete. (laughs) That was a bit of a stroke moment. What is her name? She played Peggy in Mad Men and she's the main character on... Handmaid's oh, Tale? Yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. Don't know her yeah. name. Don't care. We are here to talk about sexy cartoon characters, and this is how we got ourselves back on track. Very That's good. That's what we memory. call a transition. That's a great transition. Okay, so Gambit was the first one who, like, sprang to mind. And then the second one, <laughs> second one, my sister still teases me about this, like, to this day. We went and saw Pocahontas in theaters, and I made a comment about, like, that Cocoaum quite the attractive gentleman um and to this day my sister will be like i'll say something about like oh that actor's really hot and she'll be like like coco like your boyfriend (laughs) oh siblings aren't they wonderful i mean i have no uh, there's like there's no flags on this play except for the fact that like the representation of indigenous folks in pocahontas is terrible but that don't mean the lines they drew weren't sexy he was a good looking dude i mean they, they they drew him handsomely and quite frankly, he like. Should I marry Coco? Um. Yes, the answer is yes. Don't go with the crazy white dude. Every single person in her family. Who just gets wilder when you think about the fact that that's Mel Gibson voicing oh, John Smith? Doesn't it just get just ugh, ugh, gets worse? If anything, like if you're gonna watch that movie, watch it as a cautionary tale of why you should listen to your friends and family when they're like, "That dude is bad." When white people wash up on your shore, don't help them. <laughs> That shouldn't be the general rule. And and don't and don't fuck them. Or leave with them. Don't get on their boat. Like the whole story of Pocahontas, like I think they had Pocahontas 2, and it was like the made for yeah. this release, yeah. and she like goes to England's yeah. court, and I was just like, oh my god. Oh, this is not good. Disney, what are you doing? But But Coco, he's a 10. He's a 10. Uh, you can get it. Okay, then the next one. We got two. That was two. So there's Gambit, Cocoam. Cocoam. Then I had Li Shang from Mulan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Voiced by B.B. Wong. Again, another, like, well-drawn, interesting character. He was complex. Again, the representation and appropriation of that movie. Uh, you know, a little questionable. Yeah. But. I don't know. Yeah, we're probably not the right ones to cast judgment on it anyhow, but... I think that he was the first character ever drawn with nipples as well. Wait, didn't Cocoam have nipples? I don't believe he did. Because that movie came well before Mulan. Yes, it did. And he was shirtless the entire film. Yes, he was. And no nipples. I'm going to... Let's do a quick Google search here. Or Listeners, hold on one second while I type... In Cocoam, Pocahontas, Nipples. 
Let's see what we get. No nipples. Wow. He's... And then you pull up a... Coco and sadly without nipples. Thanks, popbuzz.com. But then if you look at Teen Vogue... The Mulan live-action remake might not include Li Shang, which, first of all, is just a travesty. Um, but there's a nice picture. Boom. Guns out, buns out, nipples out. His buns are not out. Yeah, they, they got around the nipples by having paw tattoos. Holy crap, I just realized how attracted I was to Pocahontas' friend. Whose name I unfortunately do not know. Nakoma. Nakomi? Nakoma. The short-haired one. Yeah. Whoa. The voice of reason. And there were so many times I wanted to be like, listen to your friend. Wow. How did I forget about her? See, the list continues to grow, get longer, more innuendos. <laughs> Sorry, this this article that I found uh, also has apparently, in The Lion King, they found the words Illuminati confirmed hidden in the stone. Of course they did. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so we have... Uh, Lishang, Kokoam, and Gambit. Now that is a good top three. I have one more for my top, my top four, and then the five was a kind of rover. So, um, the last one was Samurai Jack. Oh, yeah. All right, way to go. Okay, so that one's pushing towards like what fourteen at that. Yeah, point? Yeah. So now we're kind of like, we're going up the scale here, and we're up where Lexi's like, I know what I'm watching, and I know what I like, <laughs> and it's you, yeah. Mister Mister Jack. I liked the journey. I liked that he was on a solitary journey. It was it was great writing. He was very complex, very driven, and I thought like they also drew him in a very attractive way. Um, but so Samurai Jack. But then the fifth one. This is the complex one. The runner up goes to either the Fox Robin Hood. Yeah, you and every other female that watched that movie as a. Kid. I don't know what it was. They just drew him in a very like Looks weird. Like. I'm not the only furry. Only if he's like a fox from Disney's Robin Hood. But then it was a toss-up between Robin Hood, Fox version, and Tuxedo Mask. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's a dick, but... But that was the problem that I was like, yeah, but he was toxic and he was quite a bit older. That... Predatory. Yeah, that's that's sexy, that predatoriness. Well, I mean, no, but... Maybe a little in a cartoon when it's safe, but I also I, I'm hoping I'm not a teen anymore. Obviously, I'm hoping that teenagers now are more weary of older people because when I was in high school, everyone I knew was dating like an 18 or 19 year old mm -hmm. or even older, and it was fine. But now, like, looking back, I was like, what What the hell was, like, a 21-year-old doing hanging out with a bunch of, like, 16, 17, 18-year-olds? Like, ooh. Yeah, it's a little scuzzy, isn't it? Oh, super scuzzy. So I hope now kids kids these days seem more woke. And I'm hoping they're more like, what do you want from us kind of thing. But they can still like Tuxedo, tuxedo Mask. And like you said, the safe aspect is there. The fantasy of liking sort of a dickish older guy is a lot different when you are a super powered sailor scout with like four other homies to back you up. It's not the same sort of predatory situation. So enjoying that as a fantasy is not the same thing as uh, predatory relationships in real life. And it's important to talk about that. Yep. 
So those were the uh, the big five or six, I guess you could say. I like it. Way to go. What about you? What do you what do you got there? All right, let's get into this. Um, I know that I'm missing some, and that if I spent more time thinking about cartoons of my youth, I'd find like a million more. But first one that pops into my head is always Meg from Hercules. Oh yes. Uh, it's like fifty percent the look and fifty percent the voice and fifty percent the attitude. The voice acting like was super sexy to me. She she did have like that good kind of like sneer down like see you later boy. Yeah, like an old-timey gangster. You did it. She just had such a great, sarcastic... She's great. No, getting talked down to. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting into into our proclivities here. But yes, no, so that's number one for me is Meg. With a a sort of not its own bullet point, but just a special mention to the muses uh, because... Whoa, before we got into the rest of the movie, the muses were just like, hello. They comes out with a bang. Yep. Yeah. They were great. They were the best part of that movie. They're great. No, their their songs are the best part. The framing device makes the whole film and yeah, they're sexy. Yep, they were. Um, okay, so now we're getting into something slightly obscure for my next one, which is a character that people may not remember unless you're a super big reboot fan, which is Andala. Mm. Uh, but I have to make sure that I clarify that not young Andala. It is, <laughs> it is post-internet adventure Andala uh, after Enzo and uh, and her disappear into the internet for what seems like a few days to Bob and to Dot, but is years and years and years to uh, Andala and Enzo. And they come back, and I wanted to be Enzo, and I wanted to be with Andala. Yeah, they came super sexy, both of them. She had turquoise hair and peach pink skin and i was just like i don't get it but i'm into it well and her pants were kind of the same color as her skin too so you're kind of like are you wearing pants i don't know my brain can do a lot with that (laughs) she was like that's a great pick she was super cute yeah yeah so that was like that's that's the dream to be those two good pick combination um third up is Demona from Gargoyles. Oh, a little gothy. Interesting. Yeah, I have a thing for for the bad animated girls. Now, was she the one that was voiced by uh, Deanna Troy's actor, Marina? Probably. Uh, That Gargoyles is going to be a whole other episode because it's uh, just this great revisitation of the TNG cast. But it seems very likely, which is weird because I never really had a thing for Deanna Troy. I I couldn't... You know what? If we... A whole other episode could be like our crushes from Star Trek because I could talk oh, about. Oh, we've got to get into the Star Trek characters oh. and like the, the best or dumbest and yeah, it is Marina Sirtis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but there's a lot going on there. There's the 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 wings, the big hair, the sort of nasty, but like you know, sort of thematically similar to Meg in that like you know she's kind of doing some bad stuff, but is there maybe a heart of gold in there? Was it even really bad? It was more like chaotic neutral. She was she was generally, at least for the first while, just straight up a villain, I think. But then you start to learn a little bit more about her and uh, and her backstory is a little more a little more complex than that. But yeah, glowing red eyes, super strong, could beat you up. Oh yeah, yeah, just there's a whole a whole thing happening there this uh i forgot how embarrassing this stuff would be to share (laughs) 
forgot, and by forgot, I mean I didn't think of at all. I was just excitedly typing my list onto my phone. You're like, I'm this one. My toddler slept. <laughs> yes, go to sleep. Dad has work to do. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Uh, uh, he listens to this episode one day and is just like, oh my God. God, he'll never listen to this. He'll uh, he'll be well aware of how much of a loser I am well before he listens to my podcast. Um, so then we get into really just a runaway of like people I could not sort of nail to the list without excluding other people. Um, mm-hmm. It gets it's tough here. I think I've got it though. I think the next one on the list for me is Storm from the X-Men cartoon. And at that point I'd already fallen sort of for Mohawk Storm in the comics that I'd been reading. Uh, So just getting to see that sort of character that I had a crush on embodied in the cartoon and like voiced and, you know, strong, powerful, dignified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel that Halle Berry did a good job of representing Storm in the movies? Yeah. Yeah. God, my desire to talk about like, superhero movies is so non-existent generally speaking (laughs) you'd think it'd be higher my proximity to the comic book industry and uh and my enjoyment of comics and marvel comics and all that stuff and i like the movies don't want to talk about them did she do a great job no was she given much to work with not really no i don't think any of them i think everyone did the best they could with what they were given you get given a line like, what happens to, what is it? What happens to a toad when it gets struck li- by lightning? And then he gets zapped and you're just like, the same thing that happens to everything else. What? What the fuck are you saying? If anything, that representation of Storm probably uh, probably set set back my, my enjoyment of the character a bit. I always saw Storm as like, okay, if we're going to make a little bit of a reference here, I saw her as a Guinan type figure, like, ageless because she was so smart she had such poise and like gentle kind of like patience but that could be Mm. like a badass when needed and so sometimes when i see storm played in different ways i'm like that's not what storm would do that's no you know you're a dork or a nerd or a geek is when you start having those feelings about representations (laughs) of certain characters and that's cool i like it i like the passion about that stuff i guess i appreciate the x-men movies for existing because they sort of started us down the road of getting more superhero movies but then i also sort of have a disdain for them because they started us down the road of getting maybe too many superhero movies of varying quality you can look at other types of superheroes now i do enjoy it like we're looking into like invincible side of things or um the boys like we're expanding our understanding of what the superhero genre is so i appreciate that yeah i guess i don't even really see superheroes as a genre to me they are just sort of an archetype that can be used for different genres and whatever but i can see it as a genre if you if you sort of squint and mm-hmm look at the way it's represented. But yeah, I don't know. I guess when you get into stuff like The Boys and Invincible, it's like you're doing a, a dissection or a uh, an analytics of sort of superheroes as a comic, sort of a, a specific type of comic form. Mm-hmm. I just don't care enough. And I don't revere like the spandex superhero comics enough to care for a dissection of those or like a, a reevaluation or a gritty reboot, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just like... You should, I tend to go the, uh, the what's his face way, Alan Moore. Oh yeah. Uh, and that like, 
at some point maybe we could have aged you know past superheroes and and worked on different stories in the comics medium yes i get that you can tell some interesting and mature stories in comics but like you could do that without having everyone dressed in spandex too and i'd probably personally find it more interesting that said everybody likes what they like and i i ain't thrown down on anybody that's super into that stuff it's just not for me Holy shit, how did we get here? Uh, Storm. We're talking. Who's after Storm? Okay, let's keep going and not have me just rant about superhero comics, which are fine. They're fine. Don't at me. Fine. Enjoy what you like. Um, So after Storm, we get Android 18. I will pause for a moment to see if you know who that is. I don't think I know. Android 18 is from Dragon Ball Z uh, during the Android arc where they're fighting like Android 17, 18, and then I think it's Cell and stuff as well tapped out before this part of the dragon ball series were they the folks with the long blonde hair uh yeah android 18 was the one with the long blonde hair i think she's uh she identified as a she um she her you know android but yeah and android 17 was the male counterpart that was masculine counterpart with black hair mm-hmm. anyhow she was great she was super strong took no shit beat the crap out of all our heroes and apparently that was enough for 14-year-old me. <laughs> I'm sensing a bit of a trend. Like, you like a, a strong character. Yeah, yeah. I like I liked cartoon girls that could beat me up, I guess. She-Hulk, if this was animated. Well, we'll get into our comic. Now I'm coming back around to wanting to discuss comic book heroes. We can do our top five comic book crushes. I gotta say, I had a hard time not including Tank Girl in my list. But, like, oh. Tank Girl, it wasn't, like an attraction it was more just like but she's also not a cartoon no she was a comic and i like i love tank girl the comic yeah so much that it's not even like an i had a crush it's like tank girl is a part of who i am like i i see tank girl as a part of my identity wow like that's a whole other conversation yeah we can do another episode on tank girl i mean jamie hewlett as an artist is probably one of my longest lived influences and you know people that i've enjoyed oh yeah okay so that's five and then we get into the few that like they could have been anywhere on this list if i was willing to bump somebody else but uh cyber six from a old argentine uh comic called cyber six and then got turned into an animated series of the same name and yeah this one's great because cyber six runs around fighting sort of these bad hench people in crime or whatever wearing this like cat suit in like this like skin tight leather with a big collar and a huge hat and a cape but then by day is dressed up as this uh character adrian who reps masculine and you're like i'm still attracted to that one too what's going on here that was a great early like representation of like what is gender yeah because i remember watching that being like wait a second yeah yeah i thought and it really like after like an episode or two, I was just like, sweet. Okay. Yeah. And I enjoyed the, uh, I don't know if it's like a really sensitive approach to any of this sort of topics and stuff. I was like, what, like 13, 14, but I, uh, I always enjoyed, uh, the other character, Lucas or Luke or whatever his name is, uh, his sort of like, Oh, I'm really attracted to this, this fellow coworker of mine. And I can't understand why <laughs> it's like, all right, I see you. Um, yeah, so that was a great end. Actually, that one should probably bump up above Android 18. A lot more personality, a lot more going on. 
character wise. Yeah. Great, great choice. I, I totally forgot about that show and that character and that series. Like that's perfect. Yeah. I'll call my list there. I could find other cartoon characters I was attracted to, but those were more formative, especially now that I'm really getting into it with you. Uh, Cyber six mm-hmm. really does bump up above Android 18 there and knocks Android 18 off the list. I think what these conversations are all about. Okay. I am so interested to know about the mystery surprise list. Okay, so a little bit of preface. Uh, pref- I can't speak properly. Preface. Preface. preface thank you. Preference. Um, my uh, partner, my wife, my wife. My wife. <laughs> That's why I say partner because I just can't say my wife anymore. Spouse. Thanks. My spouse uh, is uh, her name is Fiona Staples. She's a comic book artist, um, and. Uh, I'm just getting that out of the way because some people will know, some people won't. I don't want it to be a weird thing. It's just where a thing. people start messaging her on uh, on Instagram or Twitter or whatever and asking her about this stuff. Just you know, she's not going to reply to you. Just leave it alone. <laughs> so she gave me her top five. She curated this over lunch for me. It was very important to her to get it exactly right. So curious, yeah. And uh, here we go. Without further ado, I will not be able to get. Oh, it looks like there is further ado. I will not be able to get into her reasoning, um, but I will give you the list. And it's going to start much the same as yours with Gambit from X-Men. Yes! It's a bingo or whatever. You're a high five. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Um, and then we get Trez from Gundam Wing. Oh, very interesting choice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. uh, little bit there I can talk on is the uniform is apparently... The uniform does it, hey? Yeah. Uh, Tigra from Thundercats. Oh, really? Thundercats, hey? I mean, Thundercats were, I think, a really important event for many, for all of us of a certain age. I'm looking him up. He can get it. He's, he's a sexy tiger man. <laughs> he is a sexy tiger man. <laughs> the more recent redo of these characters, it, he he definitely glows up there. Okay, that was three. Number four, Shredder. No, Shredder. Oh, hell yeah. Mysterious man in a mask, ripped abs. He is, if you'll pardon the expression, shredded. He is shredded. That's part of his name. I I remember him him having amazing arms. Yeah. Just like ripped. Yeah, no, I can't argue with it. Okay, and then number five here is uh, fantastic, and it is Optimus Prime. Oh, we're going... (laughs) I love it so much. That's a good choice. It might be the voice. He is a strong leader, takes charge, protects everyone. Great voice. He is a true leader, like will sacrifice himself for others. I get it. Yeah. And a hard body, a hard body. We were talking about, we were talking about Shredder. Look out. Yeah. But wait, are we talking Optimus? Like when he was full truck, are we talking like Beast Wars when he was like, the gorilla. I'm going to assume when he was a humanoid, not the truck or the gorilla. <laughs> when he's in his human form. <laughs> and when he's in his bestial or automotive form. Well, I but don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll ask. I'll get a clarification. I'll, uh, I'll text her and see what we get. No, I'm not. I'll ask her later. Which version of Optimus Prime are we talking I'm going to assume it's Prime, just based on what I know about her. Like, like Prime Prime. So like Prime the original Prime. OG 80s cartoon Prime. Gotcha. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Excellent choice. It's a great list. That is a really um, good one. And at least partially non-human. 
but so is mine. We had boxes, we had robots. Yeah, gargoyles, gigabits, mutants. Are mutants human? I don't know. That's what X-Men was all about. Yeah. Yeah, and the ga- yeah, gigabytes. It, it's been a nice spread. That's a really good smattering oh. of... Uh, yeah, I think we covered most of Saturday morning there. It, it was a tough one because I didn't start getting into anime until I was older, and that's when like we had like Tuxedo Mask. Yeah, I hit, I hit Dragon Ball around 14 or so, and then I didn't get into the other stuff until I was like, closer to 17, like Escaflone and... Uh, yeah, Gundam Wing a bit, and then like Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. I didn't even get yeah. there until I was about 20. And if we were doing that list, yeah, Major Kazanagi is at the top. Yeah, I'd have to rethink and kind of like look through my old collections of things. Yeah, there's definitely some some other animation that shows up there. Uh, Captain Smollett from the Treasure Planet Disney movie. Woo! Now that you've said Captain, a part of me is like... I almost think captain planet i want to throw in there so this will this is great because he has a wonderful mullet but also uh, i had uh, dr blight which was one of the female villains yes she was originally on my list and i dropped her off when i realized there was a few more that i could define a little better and so i counted that as being more meaningful but that hair i liked captain planet because he was such a good guy but what was he? Was he crystal? Was he water? Was he ice? Was he just spirit? Who knows? He was all of it together. But I really liked Captain Planet and a little bit of Kwame, who was voiced by our beloved LeVar Burton. And I think that's what oh, was. That's great. So good. I don't know if like they were as formative as some of the other ones who made the list in the end. Yeah, that's like we could just talk about like cartoon characters that we were like, you are interesting, but not Yes, intriguing are are sort of pubescent brains were going, something here, something's happening. I like Poison Ivy and Carmen San Diego, but I think I like them more like I want to be a little bit like you. Oh, Carmen San Diego. Carmen San Diego is sexy and mysterious. Yes. I like that she was like an international art thief. I was like, oh Yeah, cool. Cool as hell. Don't catch yeah. her. Let her get away. She ne- they never caught her. No, she's too good for them. She was way too good for them. And I always want to be a contestant on the Where in the World is Carmen San Diego show. That's understandable. I want to be a contestant on Kids Street, which was filmed before a live audience right here in Calgary. I was always so jealous when they... Was there a trampoline involved? They had to jump on a trampoline or something? I don't recall that, but I remember the prize wall. I remember the prize wall, and I remember them sitting in, like, go-karts. Yeah, they sat in those, like, stationary, like, race car go-karts, which were cool as hell. And I was like, yeah. But all they did was answer trivia uh a friend of mine from when i was young his brother and sister were on the show what is it that's like that's huge yeah i don't know i don't think they won but we are a few degrees from such greatness oh i mean like one time my sister had her name on buckshot for her birthday and it just like streamed by and we were like she's a celebrity i called in fast enough and i got myself a buckshot and benny (gasps) t-shirt do you remember trying to call in to win a shirt no because we weren't allowed to do that Oh, I'm so sorry. We were older. My sister called into Much Music when they had the contest. Like, if you call in the next like five minutes, we have concert tickets for people in Southern Alberta or Northeastern Ontario or whatever. And my sister called in because she was trying to get Tori Amos tickets. And she called in at the wrong time. And they were like, Congratulations, you won in sync tickets for Calgary. And my sister was like, No. Oh. And they put her on air. <laughs> 
nationally on much music and the the vj was like hey like are you super excited and my sister was like mm-hmm kind of hoping for tori amos tickets and they were like Boom, and then they cut her <laughs> so needless to say i got the tickets and i went and had a lovely evening at an insane concert wow you've seen Joy Fatone and Lance Bass in real life. They flew. There was like, they had this rig and they flew across the Silent Dome and it was, they put on a good show, put on a great show. Hell yeah, they did. Of course they did. You don't sell out stadiums like that and not put on a good show. I regret nothing. It was a lovely evening. They sang like angels. I can't think of a better place to uh, outro this episode. That's it. We're done. Thanks for listening, folks. I hope... uh, you uh, feel slightly aroused at uh, the idea of reconsidering your own mm-hmm. uh, early cartoon crushes and uh, make a list. Yep, let us know. Check it twice and then uh, let us know who you find to be naughty or nice. Gross. Um, yeah, let us know who, uh, who who did it for you, I guess. I don't, I'm going to regret asking people that, but... Uh, yeah, your puppy love crushes from when you were not a dirty adult. Yeah, that's what we did. We didn't make it weird or sexual or gross. So don't you either. Do yourself. But let us know your... But also share. Yeah, also engage with us. Goodbye. And this is where we'll put all the end stuff. Dork Matters. Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe. Give a rating and tell a friend about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out our original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song Dance off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksiga, the Bigani, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Region 3. Dork Matters is a proud member of the Alberta Public Radio Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>